So glad that you are here today. Thank you for being in the house. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for being faithful. Today we're going to continue as we're drawing near to an end of our Faith Walk series. God chooses in the Bible people to use as heroes, deliverers, not based off of their talents, but based off of their faith. So if you don't feel like you have a lot of talent, you're okay today. If you feel like you've blown it in your life, you're okay today because God's not judging you based off of those things, but God will use you. God will bless you. God will do things in your life when you operate and choose to operate in faith. Faith, without it, it's impossible, the Bible teaches us, to please God. So to please the Lord, my life must be a faith walk. Faith is what initially engages me into a relationship with God. Without my faith that he is Jesus Christ, the only son of God who died on the cross for my sins, who was resurrected on the third day, if I don't have faith and believe that that really happened and that he did that for me and my sins, then I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But that's where it first starts, my faith in God, my faith in his son. And as I put my faith in him, it's not, the be, it's not the end, it's the beginning of a faith walk. So in this whole series, I love it because we're studying out some great hall of fame of faith people. This chapter 11 of Hebrews, full of so many people who God used their acts of faith. And how we can learn from them, their walk, their mistakes, their successes, we learn how to do our faith walk as well. I hope you've been challenged by this series. Today, we'll learn from one of the greatest leaders to ever, ever leave and lead this place. It was, his name was Moses. Come on now. How, how can you not get excited when you hear the name Moses? What a, what a great leader. His faith started with his parents' faith. Think about it. We, we see this great man of faith, but it, if we go back on this, we're going to read here, if we can attribute his faith to his parents' faith. So parents, what I want you to get today is your faith doesn't just affect you. You may have the next Moses. You may have the next Ruth. You may have the next woman of God, the next man of God that God is raising up to lead a people, to lead a church, to lead a nation, to lead people. You never know when you use faith, it's going to use your children and it's going to affect your children as well. Let's go right to our text in Hebrews eleven twenty three. It was by Let's say the bold letter together. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. Anybody relate to that? Some of you are smiling today like, yeah, that was me too. I've been studying that for 16 years, Pastor. We buried that same burden. He gave them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Now, we see something happening here. We can relate to unusual children, right? Some of you think you got some unusual boys in your household. Some of you think you got some unusual teenage girls in your household. Beck, I can tell you, this has been going on since the, the tale of time. Since there were kids and since there were teenagers, there's always been unusual 
children. I think every family has them. Some have five, not to name any names. Pharaoh was the leader of Egypt, and he was pure evil. When I say pure evil, we can't even wrap our mind around the kind of evil this man had. And so as he's leading, remember now, Egypt and Pharaoh have captured the children of Israel, made them slaves to Egypt, and Pharaoh, realizing that they had all these slaves and had all these people captured, he was doing the math and realizing they're growing. They're reproducing. And he was doing the math thinking, if we don't get this under control, pretty soon the next generation is going to outnumber us. And so in order for us to keep this free labor and have them working as slaves to us, we better stop the growth and the power. So he decreed that all the young baby boys be thrown into the Nile River. I mean, how cruel was this? That they be drowned. They'd be drowned and they'd all be thrown into the Nile River to be killed. And so we see the pure evil coming out of this. Uh, unusual. The word unusual. When we think of unusual, we think of our child. But this is really not the same way it was translated. When we look at it as unusual, the Bible says he was a beautiful baby. And if we can be honest, that is kind of unusual. I know. No one ever told you your baby was ugly. And pastor, I've never seen an ugly baby. I have. I can tell you. I've seen a few. There's a few. I'm like, put them back in the oven. They're not done yet. Take them back. Need to grow some hair, get some teeth. All right, now, now they're beautiful. All right, there they go. But it says that Moses was an unusual child, not just unusual, but it was saying there was something about him that was special. He, he has this remarkable beauty about him. Uh, he was a beautiful baby. And every parent thinks their baby's beautiful, though, right? I never met a parent who didn't think their baby was beautiful. Oh, look, you're, yeah, it's great. You're like, oh, that was the ugliest baby I ever saw in my life. So I don't know if this is the case, but in his parents' eyes, they saw something special about baby Moses. What was really special about baby Moses, he had great parents of faith. Parents, I want you to get this part of the story. Don't miss this part of the story. We're going to dive into Moses in just a second. But before we do, realize the important role the faith of his parents played out in his life. His parents decided they were going to risk their lives to save his life. They're like, no, we're not just going to go with the flow. We're just not going to throw our baby out there to drown or to be eaten by the crocodiles. We're going to make sure we do everything we can to save his life. And the Bible says for three months, they, they hid him. Uh, parents, can I, can I just take a side note here and tell you that genocide of baby boys is nothing new. We see it over the, the tradition that this has happened. Remember, Herod tried to kill all the baby boys, trying to take out Jesus. And can I say that spirit is alive in the world today, especially here in America, that they're trying to take out our baby boys to pull out confusion and leadership from them. So I wish I had some parents that would operate in faith and say, I'm not just going to go with the flow. I'm just not going to throw my baby around the current of life and go with what society tells me to throw my boys. But my boys are going to be hid. My boys are going to be saved. They're going to understand. 
understand that it means to be a strong man of faith, a strong man of faith who leads well, who honors the Lord, who puts God first. And sometimes that will be unusual. Sometimes people will look at you and not understand what you're doing. But listen, you don't answer to them. I'm sure when when Moses' parents decided to hide them, I'm sure people said, what are you doing? They're going to come and kill you all, and they're not going to understand the decision they're making. But when you make a step of faith, sometimes you go out on a limb. Sometimes you look peculiar to other people. Sometimes people don't understand your motives. Sometimes people see you going against the grain, but you're trying to save your boy. You're trying to save your child, and you don't always go with the flow just because everybody else is obedient and doing what the world says to do doesn't make it right. Sometimes somebody's got to stand up and say, you can't have my children. You can't have my babies. Come on now. I wish I had some parents of faith that say they can't have my child. Hey, come on now. Touch somebody and say, come on now. It's about to be good today. We can't have our child. Protect your children. Parents, be parents of faith. No, my, my children are unusual. Not by the way they act, but they're marked of God. Come on now. Your children are marked of God. If you're a parent of faith today, your children are marked of God. For three months, they they tried to hide baby Moses. And if you know what a newborn does, you know this is not easy. It's not easy to hide a newborn baby. It's really hard how stressful it must have been. And we can look. I think it was Children's Mercy Hospital that released this top three list. Look at this. Top three question parents of newborns have. Number one, how do I get my baby to sleep through the night? The answer is not NyQuil. I know some of you think that. Number two question, how do I get my baby to stop crying? And number three, why is my baby's poop this color? Now, I think number three should have been number two. Some of you will get that on the way home. Anyway, I, I threw that in. But see, the top three things have to do with the noises our babies make because babies are not quiet. Babies cry a lot. They cry when they're hungry. They cry when they got a tummy ache. They cry when they wake up. They cry when they're a mess. They cry when they wet. They do a lot of crying. So trying to hide... A baby for three months was really, really hard. And they knew that the word was getting out. They knew that people were learning that they had a baby boy that they had not turned over. They had not thrown into the Nile. And so the word was getting out, and they understood this. And so by faith, they hid him for three months. And when he got too old and they understood they could not hide him any longer, his parents decided to do something. They, they made a basket made of sticks. The Bible calls this a ark of bulrushes. Now, it's basically a basket made of stick, but it's, is it crazy that the Bible calls this small floating device an ark? Where else do we see this at? Oh, yeah, we go back to the original ark in the Bible. Noah built it for his family, and they withstood the judgment of God, and they were safe because they were in the ark of God. And so it is no accident that the Bible calls this an ark because it's signifying that even when your children are in the stream of danger, keep them in the ark. 
That's where the safety's at. I don't care if everybody else stops going to church, we're going to be in the church. We're going to stay in the house of the Lord. We're going to keep our families safe in the ark of God. We're not just going to go with the current. We're just not going to go with what everybody else is saying to do, but we're going to make a stand and say we're going to keep our families safe in the ark. And this is what happened. They created this little ark, and it says that Moses' mom and his sister were very strategic. They knew when Pharaoh's daughter, when she came down to bathe and when they all came down to wash in the Nile. And she planned it out that she put baby Moses there and she set him off where he would float out just as Pharaoh's daughter was out in the Nile. Coincidence? No. She knew. She was strategic. And I'm sure she's praying, God, let her have mercy on my child. And the Bible teaches us a story. She timed it out. She finds him and she does what any mother naturally does when they see a baby. Her heart melts and she realizes what's going on and she's like, I'm going to adopt this baby. So she takes and she adopts baby Moses. Instead of allowing baby Moses to be thrown into the Nile, she takes him and adopts her as her own. Well, that's not fair. What would Pharaoh say? Pharaoh is a dad's daughter. And there's something about daughters and dads that when they want something, they usually get what they want, right? A boy's got to work hard for it, but our girls get spoiled, at least sometimes. She adopts him in. No, dad. No, this one's not going, this one's mine. Dad, I'm taking this one into our family. And he agrees. Only problem was this. She realized he was just a newborn. And she was like, this baby needs milk. And she realized this was a Hebrew baby. So she says, we need to find a Hebrew mom who has milk that we can hire to watch this baby and to feed this baby. And who do they go to? We know a woman who fits this, and it was Moses' mom. Now, I want you to get this story. So Moses' mom gets hired to take care of her baby at the palace. Listen, it doesn't always seem like it's the right thing to do to go against the grain of society. It doesn't always seem like the wise thing to do. It doesn't always make a lot of sense to other people. People. But listen, when you begin to honor the Lord and say, no, I'm just not going to give up on my child. I'm not throwing my child away. I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to honor the Lord. And by faith, we're going to let God work. God honors that faith. Not only was Moses saved from the death of the Nile, but she was hired and paid to take care of her own child. How many moms have ever been paid to take care of your own child? How many think there should be a law saying all moms should get paid to take care of their own child? We love that, wouldn't we? You've been doing it for free. She's getting paid. Not only to take care of the child, but she gets to go into the palace and take care of this child. I mean, everything she needed was right there. 
And she didn't just take care of him at a young age. She took care of him. Remember, that age, they carried on nursing for a long time. And since she went on to take care of him for many years, she became his nanny. And I imagine when he became old enough, she began to tell him the true story of where he came from. And she began to tell him, this is what really happened. This is what really transpired. You really belong to God's people. You are really understanding what's happening here. So God does something miraculous to save him. Moses goes on to live, the Bible says, for 120 years. And we can break down these 120 years into basically three eras of, of life. The first era, we, the first 40 years, we see as the prince of Egypt. He spent his first 40 years living in the palace as a grandson of, of uh, Pharaoh, the prince of Egypt. And then remember, he flees the palace and leaves. He spends the second 40 years shepherding in the Midian desert. Think about that. From the palace to shepherding sheep, goats, out in the desert of Midian. Spending 40 years there. And then after that, he spends the next 40 years leading Israel out of Pharaoh through the desert, getting him up to the promise. And so we see his life broken down in three different eras here. It was D.L. Moody who said this about Moses' life. The first 40 years Moses spent thinking he was somebody. The second 40 years he discovered he was nobody. The third 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. So how can we learn from Moses' faith walk today? How can we lead like Moses? Being a leader doesn't mean you're in charge, but being a leader means God's in charge. See, in a simple you understand, a quicker we understand that being a leader doesn't mean I'm in charge. It means, no, God, you're in charge. How do you want to lead this business? God, how do you want me to lead my home? God, how do you want me to lead this ministry? God, how do you want me to lead my family? God, you're in charge. Our choices will determine how we lead. So how did Moses make these choices? Number one, write this down. He chose a new allegiance. You want to lead like Moses? You got to choose a new allegiance. Moses had it made in the shade. Literally. He had it made in the shade, living the palace life, living the life of a prince. He had he had people waiting on him. He had servants waiting on him. He had all the money he needed, all the food and shelter he needed. He had the best of everything that could be given at that time. Everything that he had great was his at his fingertips at that time. He had the easy life. But in Hebrews eleven twenty four, he had to choose. And look what it says here. Hebrews eleven twenty four and 25. It was by faith. Come on now. This was a faith choice. Faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He made a choice 
where his allegiance was. Listen, in all of our lives, there's going to come a time, are you going to choose a different pathway for your life? Are you going to choose a different direction for your life? Are you just going to go with the flow of your friends? You're just going to go the flow of your family? Are you just going to go the flow of society? Or are you going to choose to say this, I'm going to choose to go after what God wants. I'm going to choose to follow after God. I'm going to choose to go after what God wants in my life. Moses chose what was right, not what was convenient. Mature leadership right there. See, we we always want to do what's convenient first. That's our natural. We all are guilty of that. What's convenient? What's the most comforting thing I can do? What gives me the most security? But that's not what leadership is about. Leadership sometimes means you got to choose the right thing not the convenient thing. You choose the right thing, not the thing that's not painful. Sometimes it's painful. How about us? Do we choose what is right in God's eyes? Do we choose what's right in God's eyes over what's convenient for us? Or do we just go with the flow? Where is your alliance today? Where does your alliance lie? Is your alliance to your job? Is your alliance to friendships that are destructive in your life? Well, I've known them a long time. Yeah, and look where it's got you. Is your alliance to that ungodly relationship? Well, if I let them go, I don't know who else will love me. Where's your alliance? Alliance to my bad habits. I've been doing it so long, I don't want to give it up. Bad addictions. Is your alliance to gossip? Is your alliance to your identity? Where where do you belong? Where is your alliance today? Who do you belong to? Moses chose to say, no, I gotta leave the palace. I gotta quit identifying with them and I gotta go with my people who God has called me to. And number two, he, he chose God's adventure. Choose God's adventure. Can we tell you this, man? God's got an adventure for every one of us here in this room. God God has a better plan, a better life. We just don't know what that is yet. And sometimes it starts with just a small act of obedience, a small place of sacrifice. I'm just getting rid of some of these bad influences in my life. I'm getting rid of some bad relationships in my life. I'm getting rid of, of people who are dragging me away from God, and I'm embracing things that are taking me closer to God. I'm getting rid of bad habits that have kept me destructive and using destructive behavior in my life. i got to quit those things, and I'm going to make better choices. And I'm going to choose now to go all in for God. I'm going to choose to go into what God wants to do. God, whatever this adventure is for my life, I say yes. Hebrews eleven twenty six and 27, talking about Moses, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Are you doing that today? See, some of us, we look too much at the reward here on earth. How am I going to get rewarded now? What's the quickest return now? What's the best way I can get a reward here on earth? And we don't take into consideration God's reward will trump any reward I receive here on earth as I'm building up a reward in heaven. I'm building up a reward what God has for eternity. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, 
not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. I can imagine Pharaoh saying, I brought you in. I didn't kill you when I could have killed you. I gave you my best crown. I gave you the best place to live and to eat. You had servants. You lived the life of a prince all your life, and this is how you pay me back. You see, he could have settled for man's reward, and he'd have missed out on his destiny. He'd have missed out on being a deliverer over a million people out of slave and bondage. He'd have missed out on having his name talked about today as one of the greatest leaders that ever lived. And when we get to heaven, I know there's going to be a special place when we meet Moses. He followed what God wanted to do. Do you choose the convenient or do you choose what's right in God's eyes? Get your eyes on God's reward and off our own reward. Too many of us got our eyes on our own reward. What can I get? Get my eyes on God's reward. God called Moses out. Look at this statement. God called Moses out of Egypt so he could get the Egypt out of Moses. See, God was trying to prepare him for something. He was going to have to lead over a million people. And God said, before you can lead them out of Egypt, I've got to get the Egypt out of you. Before you can turn your back on Pharaoh, I've got to get you to leave Pharaoh's palace. Before you can go and confront Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go, you're going to have to get a backbone and walk away from Pharaoh. So he made him go through these things. He made him live out in fear, conquer his fears of Pharaoh and Egypt. He was to live in Midian, connect for the next 40 years with his true people, with his family. Listen, Midian was hot. There ain't nothing, nothing good there in Midian. It was hot desert land. Can you imagine he had to spend 40 years in a hot desert land after leaving the palace? Why would God make him do that? Because he's going to spend the next 40 years wandering in the desert with people. And so he was like, this is no big deal to me. I, I can lead you out and I can do something here because God was doing something. He had spent 40 years shepherding goats and sheep in the hot desert. And so when he had to shepherd a million people out of Egypt through the wilderness and the desert land, it was nothing to him because he was used to leading this way. See, God, we don't always understand what God's up to. God, why do you have me go through this season? God, why am I going through this hard, dry time? God, why am I having to take care of these nasty sheep and goats? God, why am I having to do something I don't want to do, but we can't see the big picture that oftentimes God's setting us up for our next assignment. God is doing something different in our life. God has us choose the sacrifice. See, God has us choose to sacrifice our own convenience so he can shape us for our next assignment. Sometimes we got to leave what's convenient and allow God to shape us for the next assignment in our life. My last point today is this, is simply this. Choose how you will use your life. You get to choose how you will use your life. Hebrews 11, 28 and 29, look at this. It was by, let's say it together, it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. 
to sprinkle the blood over the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by what? Faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith. Moses had to choose. He chose by faith to walk with God. He chose by faith. I'm going to use my life to set people free. I'm choosing to use my life to bring people out of captive. I'm going to choose my life to bring the slaves out from where they're at under bondage. He, he chose to use his life to set people free. He, he chose to use his life to free the captive. Can I be honest with you? This is how I want to spend the rest of my life. I want to spend the rest of my life seeing those who are in bondage set free. I want to see those who are bound by their own hurt and past mistakes, bound by their own addiction, set free. I want to see the captives set free, Destiny Church. How about you? I'm going to choose to do everything in my life to see captives set free. I want to see people free. Moses felt unqualified. He felt inadequate. But he put his faith in the great I am. He put his faith in the God that said, I will be with you, Moses. My staff is going with you. My, my hand of favor is going to follow you. He put his faith in God. See, look at this last statement here I'm going to give you. Accepting the small assignments opens the door for bigger leadership assignments. Too many people wait around for the big door to open that never opens in their life. But they say no to small door after small door after small door after small door. Ask to serve here. Ask to lead this. Ask to volunteer here and never say yes. They're always waiting for that big door to open up and it never does. Because you're unwilling to go serve admitting. You're unwilling to take care of the stinking sheep and sheep and goats. You're unwilling to leave the palace. We're unwilling to do that. We're waiting for the palace to open up, the next palace to open up. It ain't going to open up until you say yes today. God, God, what am I saying no to that God wants me to say yes to today? Ask yourself that question. What am I saying no to right now that God's wanting me to say yes to? It's the obedience how will I use my life? How will I use my influence? How will I use my business? How will I use my friendships? How will I use my resources? How will I use my attitude? How will I use my words? How will I use my time? How will I use my worship? How will I use my life? Is it for everything for my convenience? Is it everything that I want? Me, myself, and I? Was it saying, God, it's everything you want. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're serving the wrong Trinity. We gotta get our eyes back to serving the Father. Serving God. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that we can look at Moses' faith that started with his parents' faith. And it poured over into Moses' life. God, help us to choose the right alliances. Help us to make spiritual, healthy decisions to lead our family. May we not just go with the flow of society, but may we 
Say, God, what is the ark you're asking me to build for my family? What choices am I making today that's affecting my children? What choices am I going to make today that are going to determine how my life plays out? Who am I going to help set free? Who are the hurting people at my job? Who are the hurting people at my school? Who are the hurting people in my family, my neighborhood? Who are the hurting people that need to be set free? God, are you calling me to them? If so, I say, yes, God. I say, yes, God. I say, yes, God. How many here today look at me and say, Pastor, I'm ready to say yes to God. I'm ready. I'm ready today. If God's dealing with you today at all, can you just raise your hands? That's me, man. God's dealing with me today to say yes more. Yes. Come on, raise your hand high. Let me see. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Stand on your feet this morning. I'm going to invite you just to lift your hands up again. I want to pray with you. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for people who say yes to you. May we use Moses' faith as a way of challenging us today. May we leave the convenient and go after God's assignment in our life. God, may we seek what you want, what's right in your eyes before we seek right in anybody else's eyes. God, may the favor of the Lord be what we want, not the favor of man. And God, I pray today to God, you raise it up, a generation of people who just won't go with the flow of society, but they'll say, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve and follow the Lord. We're gonna put God first in our marriage, put God first in our children, put God first in our family. We're gonna use our life to set people free at my work, at my job, on my team, in my neighborhood, in my family. God, may you use us as people of influence, setting the captives free in Jesus' name.